morning. Isn't it good to be here? Amen. I'm glad that y'all are here, that you've decided to be in the Lord's house. Um, we have, our, and our announcements are scrolling, and they and they do, so if you're wondering, you know, what the announcements are, they're right up there. But uh, for the month of August, if you've not yet brought your items for your shoeboxes, the item is anything uh, school supply related. It just cannot be Elmer's glue because it can't be anything that uh, that is liquid. So if you've not yet purchased those things, today is the last Sunday of of the month, So, which means as well next week is First Sunday. So keep in mind, First Sunday meal, be with us for our Labor Day Sunday weekend. If you don't have plans, or if you do, be here and eat lunch with us. Okay, thank you. That'd be great. Uh, also... Uh, I don't know if, if you've noticed in the newsletter, the month of October, our first Sunday meal is going to be a working lunch. I, I will do my very best to be considerate of your time. I have been in the in that world of meetings before, and, and they say, oh, yeah, we're going to have a working meeting or working lunch, and it's like, oh, my golly. But I, I have timers set. I love timers. But we're just going to talk about some of the the neat things uh, for next year, some of the things that I would love for us to do, and I would really love, there's uh, quite a few different places that, that we'd love your input as well, because if you guys are not invested, then it's just like, hey, let's do this, and everyone's like, all right, fine, let's do what Jennifer wants us to do, but if you're invested in it, then it's more likely that you'll invite people and get excited about it, so we really want that to be the case, because this is not... Joiner Church. This is not Williams Church. This is our church. So, keeping that in mind, that uh, October, the first Sunday of October, we will be. And also, we're planning to provide the food, so no worries about cooking. All you need to worry about is bringing your thinking mind, and uh, and if you want to take some notes or whatever at our meeting. But we will provide the food for that. No worries. Um, 
also, I'm trying to, do we have any other announcements? No, my brother Joyner is going to mention his announcement when he comes. So, um, any other things, we will certainly let you know. Have any of y'all ever used, and probably the ladies more than the men, have any of y'all ever used a magnifying mirror? Yes. Okay. You know, you use a magnifying mirror to 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 tweeze, to um, you know, look at your pores, whatever it may be. You know, and and they have all different uh, all different strengths of magnification. They have you know a five times magnified, a ten times, a twenty times magnified. I mean, and it it keeps going up. Well, if you've ever used a, a magnifying mirror, you know that when you hold it out from you, everything, and I'm sorry, y'all, this is, we went to the Indian Festival. I have henna on. This is not a tattoo. <laughs> um, but this, if y'all notice it, that's just. Um, but if you hold it out, everything is flipped and it's blurry. And you have to get it closer to you to be able to really see. Well, the more magnification, because I had one that was a 10 times, and I just bought one that was a 15 or 20 times, and I have to get super, it's not because I'm getting older or anything, I have to get really, really close to it to be able to see. It's, it is very blurry. And it hit me this morning that the more I am magnifying the Lord, the closer I have to get to him. Because when we magnify, and, and Brother Jordan has been saying that in his um, in his time of encouragement, that you know he he reads that scripture, "Oh, magnify the Lord with me; let us exalt His name together." And we think about magnifying, making God bigger, but it's not. I, I think I've preached about this before. Magnification doesn't make something bigger; it only sees it bigger. So as we magnify the Lord, and the more we magnify Him, the more we see Him for who He is, the closer we get to Him, the closer we come to His presence. So I encourage you this morning to magnify the Lord, get closer and closer to Him. Amen. Let's stand and go to the Lord in prayer. Ask Him to have His will in the service. Heavenly Father, we lift you up. We thank you for this day. We thank you for your goodness, your mercy, your blessings, grace. God, we thank you because... You are so great and greatly to be praised. And God, we just, we come to magnify you this morning. God, we draw closer to you. We come nearer to you. That is our goal. That is our intention today, is to see you bigger. God, to see you for who and what you are. Lord, we, we see so small. We see our, our problems so big very often. And we see you as so small. But God, we just ask that you would flip our perspective today. God, that we would be able to draw near to you, see you as, as big as you are. God, I just ask that you would have your will in each and every life of every single person. God, I pray that those who are here today would be blessed and that they would receive from you whatever it is that they need. God, if those who are watching, if they're live and in person or, or those who are watching later. I just ask that your presence and your spirit fill the room where they are. Let them feel your power and your presence. God, we just ask your will to be done in each and every life. I pray that we would honor you and please you in all that we say and do. In Jesus' precious holy name, amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God, we praise you today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
all things are possible when we believe all chains are breakable when we receive Yahweh you keep your promises if you said it we believe it if you said it cause if you said it we believe it Lord, if you said it, we believe it. Cause you're a man of your word. And if you said it, we believe it. Oh Lord, if you said it, we believe it. Cause you're a man of your word. Sing, all things are possible. All things are possible when we believe. All chains are breakable when we receive Yahweh. You keep your promises. If you said it, we believe it. If you said it, cause if you said it, we believe it. Oh Lord, if you said it, we believe it. Cause you're a man of your word and if you said it we believe it oh lord if you said it we believe it because you're a man of your word and we have this confidence we have this confidence that you finish what you started god you have never failed you won't start with me you're present in every step and patient in every heartache my god you have never failed you won't start with me you won't start with me because you're a man of your word and if you said it we believe it oh lord if you said it we believe it you're a man of your word if you said it we believe it and if you said it we believe it you're a man of your words and we have this confidence we have this confidence that you finish what you've started my god you have never failed you won't start with me you're present in every step you're patient in every heartache god you have never failed you won't start with me you won't start with me because if you said it we believe it and if you said it we believe it you're a man of your word if you said it we believe it 
And if you said it, we believe it. Cause you're a man of your Lord. If you said it, we believe it. If you said it, we believe it. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Worthy of every song we could ever sing. Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. And you're worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. We live for you. Holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder. Show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me. Worthy of every song we could ever sing, and you're worthy of all the praise we could ever bring, and you're worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you, oh, we live for you. Sing Jesus the name. And Jesus, the name above every other name. And Jesus, the only one who could ever say, You are worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Oh, we live for you. And we sing, Holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder. Show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me. And holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder. Show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me. build my life upon your love. It is a firm foundation. I will put my trust in you alone. And I 
shaken. I will build my life upon your love. It is my firm foundation. I will put my trust in you alone. And I will not be shaken. Holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder and show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me. And holy, there is no one like you, there is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder. Show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in love to those around. I will build my life upon your love. It is my firm foundation. Thank you, Lord. You are good. You are good. Thank you, Lord. You are good. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh 
heart will sing your praise again. Jesus, you're still enough. Keep me within your love. And my heart will sing your praise again. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Your faithfulness I'm still in your hands This is my confidence You never fail Your promise still stands That great is your faithfulness Your faithfulness I'm still in your hands this is my confidence, you never failed me yet. You never failed me yet. This 
is my confidence you never fail me yes you never fail me yet if the lord's been faithful if he has been good to you if you know he has never failed give him praise this morning Hallelujah. I feel good in my sanctified soul. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm excited about the Lord is the same today. He's the same as he was yesterday. He'll be that same God tomorrow. <laughs> Has he ever brought us out of a hard place one time? He'll bring us out of a hard place another time. Has he ever answered a prayer for us one time? He'll answer. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. I wish they could hear him in the White House. Hallelujah. I wish they could hear me in a governor's mansion. Praise God. He is still alive. Amen. And He is our Lord. He is our Savior. <laughs> Praise God. David said, in Psalm 119, he said, I'm going to praise the Lord seven times a day. Seven times a day? Then he said, another place, I'm going to praise the Lord in the morning, and I'm going to praise the Lord in the midnight. Oh, glory. Then another place, he said, I'm going to lift up my hands. <laughs> glory, hallelujah to his name. 104.33, he said, I'll praise the Lord as long as I live. <laughs> as long as I have my being, I'm going to Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And I remember when we didn't have to get people excited or in the frame of mind of worshiping. We come in worshiping. We come in praising. We come in blessing Him. Hallelujah. And it makes you feel better when you go home. You can say it's been good to be in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. If somebody... Open up your mailbox tomorrow uh, afternoon, tomorrow morning, whenever you go get it, and there was a check in there to you, made out to you, clear, and it was $1,000, or if it was $100,000, there would probably, we would be hard-pressed to keep you quiet. What God has done for me, what Jesus Christ did for me, how I have been changed by the power of the grace of God. Oh, hallelujah, don't tell me to be quiet now. Hallelujah, I want to praise the Lord forever. 
and always. Amen and amen. I know you've got uh, this little uh, green piece of paper, uh, cardboard next to where you study your Bible and read of a morning or an evening whenever uh, you do your devotions, whenever it's there. Our mission is on one side and our vision is on the other side. Praise the Lord. The Bible tells me that without a vision, we're going to perish. We've got to have a vision. We've got to be looking forward to something. And Jesus is coming back for who? Those who look for him shall he appear the second time unto salvation. I'm looking for him, aren't you? Praise God. I want to thank the one that changed my life. I want to look him in the eye and say, thank you, Lord Jesus, because you stayed on that cross and you shed your blood that I could have life and that I could have it abundantly and that I could have it every day. Hallelujah. Frustrations, difficulties, pitfalls, troubles, but yet every day through all of it, we can give God praise and glory. Hallelujah. Brother Vic, that God that blessed your mother when she first come to know Jesus Christ is the same God today. Hallelujah! He's the same God that touches you when you call on Him. Please forgive me for some reason or another. I'm getting... Hallelujah! I feel good. Don't you feel good? Praise God. God is good. You did see, if you noticed it, that we're having a... Uh, Joy Club a meeting uh, this coming Thursday night at 6 o'clock, a poor boy's supper. And uh, all that is, uh, different people have uh, varying uh, ideas of what poor boy's supper is. For some, it may be a slab of sauce and a cracker. For some, it may be a bowl of soup. But it doesn't make any difference. This is what we're calling it. The, the main thing is our fellowship, our coming together and fellowship. And I, um, I may have uh, one or two things for you that night. I'm not sure. I hope I do. And um, I want you to bring your neighbor. If your neighbor's uh, uh, somebody that you love, uh, God wants to have fellowship with all of us together. Do you believe God wants us to fellowship together? Amen. I, I remember... Um, one of my pastors saying that, if you will, and this is what we do in just a little bit, about midway of the service, get out of your ship, and you get out of your ship, and let's get together and fellowship. Praise God. Hallelujah. That's all right. But we want to be there at 6 o'clock. My wife's going to, aren't you going to fix us something for supper? Me, me and my wife, one is going to fix some dinner. Uh, some beans or something. And I might introduce Apple Jack. I might introduce Peach Jacks. And all it is, and you may be surprised at what it is. Amen. But be there. Let's enjoy a prayer time, a little prayer time. Find out do you have prayers that need the attention of God, and we'll help you pray. We'll intercede with you, and just be there. The only requirement that you're 60 and above or you pastor the Church of God Cornelius. Amen. Praise God. That's the only requirement. But come and let's fellowship together. 
I want to show you one thing. I, I, I do want, and I, I hope my wife will, won't let me forget this. I do want to show you one thing. I hope it will touch your heart to make you understand that God loves us all the time. And no matter what our condition is physically, no matter what our condition is spiritually, He loves us. And we have a purpose. I hope I can show that to you this coming Thursday night. Praise God forever and forever. Is anybody here that's excited about how the Lord has blessed you and you'd like to tell people about it today? Amen. Oh, yes. Praise God. Hallelujah. God, you're good. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, I love you. I tell you, folks, God's good, isn't he good? God is so good. Oh, somebody else want to give a moment to break? Yes. Thank you.
good. Oh, bless his name. Amen. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. We yes. Thank you. Glory. <laughs> Hallelujah. I want us to give God praise this way. God, we praise you and we glorify you. You've never left. You've never forsaken us. Lord, you're always there. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, hallelujah, amen. Praise God. It's Hebrews chapter 13, I believe it is. And look at verse 5. That's the verse, we quote that latter portion a lot. Look at verse 8. We've already quoted that part. Look at verse 15. Praise God. And that one, we'll, I'll just give you a portion of that. And that verse uh, 15 of, of Hebrews 13, let us sacrifice praise. I don't feel like it, preacher. Have you ever gone to work when you didn't feel like going to work? Well, then praise God when you don't feel like praising God. Hallelujah. Good morning and welcome to the Cornelius Church of God. We're glad to have all of you with us this morning. It's time to receive our tithe and offering if our usher will come at this time. Brother Jordan, will you say the blessing over the offering for us, please?
to see each and every one of you. Good to see Sister Hager and her family. This is now time to receive prayer requests this morning. Brother Mike. Yes, let's pray for Jason. And he spoke of uh, Wednesday night at Everett Bible Study that pray for him that he's, he's looking for a job that's Monday through Friday. And he has something coming up for an interview maybe and hopefully look to get on. So to have Saturdays and Sundays off. So let's pray for him. Pray for that job. Sister Robin. Yes. Yes, let's pray for her granddaughter. She gets the better. Let's pray for Deb and Angela and Sister Hager's family as they travel. Brother Mike. I think Jennifer said she met him the other day or saw him the other day. Yes, let's continue prayer for Brother Mike's wife and continued prayer for Josh yes. Sister Judy yes, let's pray for Sister Judy's family Sister Dean Silas, great great nephew. Let's pray for Silas. Yes, and then his mother. If that's it, unspoken request, raise hands, stand with me as we take these to the Lord.
Thank you, it's time to fellowship.
So, if, uh, it, is, it is warm. It is warm. And I uh, think that we've discovered possibly the culprit is not changing the air filters. So <laughs> uh, perhaps. So, um, if there are air, air, air filters, air filters in the back, um, we can take care of that today. So, anyway, just, um, you know, relax a little. Don't move around too much <laughs> unless you're in the spirit. Last week, our rethink caused us to examine age and to ask the Lord for a Caleb spirit. The Caleb spirit indicates that he was picked above the chosen. You may not look like the the best and the greatest and you may not feel as though you are the brightest and the smartest or whatever reason that you would give but the Lord can choose you because because just like Caleb who had another spirit within him we can ask that the Lord give us another type of spirit that we be useful for his purposes and also he had uncommon faith and stamina. That's one of the things that uh, when, when Sister Gordon was talking about her testimony this morning, we need that. We need that uncommon faith and stamina because the way that things go now, <laughs> uh, we, we really need to hold on. Because things look discouraging. They, they, every time you turn on the news, it feels worse. But we need that faith that, Lord, you're going to take care of this, and we trust you, we believe in you. And that stamina to keep going, that even when it feels like I don't want to do it, it feels like I don't want to, that I can't make it, that the Lord has a way. 
So today we're challenged to understand that the weapons we are currently using may not be the best one in our arsenal. Your weapon is not what you think. Weapons. A weapon is anything used to injure, defeat, or destroy. It is a means of contending against another. When was the last time you used a weapon? You don't have, you don't have to tell us. You do not have to tell us, okay? We're not asking for your <coughs> history. But what do you have in your arsenal? And have you been trained to use it? So to be carnally minded is, is not very helpful in Second Corinthians chapter 10. Paul was writing once again to the church at Corinth. He wrote them at least three times. We have two of the books that he wrote. And he speaks of another letter, a more intense letter, because they had a lot of church issues. We do not have that, the, what remains of that letter, but he did talk about a different one, so we know for sure there were at least three. There were they were having some troubles. There was, well, read First and Second Corinthians and you'll find out all about the troubles they were having. There was a lot of confusion, and, and we have to understand that these were people who were pagan, they were idolatrous, and they had been converted to this new, uh, this new idea of only one God. So they were used to serving many gods and serving in, in idolatrous ways and sinful ways, things that we consider sinful and idolatrous, but to them it was just second nature. So these issues, we shouldn't look at them too harshly because they had never known any different. So, as Paul is attempting to correct them with each of his letters, his language was strong and persuasive as he's writing. I, I just really enjoy reading Paul because he has a sarcastic flair to him sometimes. And, and he is, he's very strong in his, in his wording. But we will see here that that there were some who began to question Paul's authority to call out their sin. We're going to be reading verses 1 through 6. So taking a look in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1 through 6. Now I, Paul, myself, beseech you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ. In my mind, he's being a little sarcastic here because, and he, he says, I, Paul, myself, now, a lot of times Paul used a scribe to speak, so it's possible that he's meaning here that I am the one who is doing the writing. I have the quill in my hand, and I am actually pinning this to you. So I myself beseech you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ. He said, you know, you said that my, that my language was harsh to you when I was writing, so now I'm, I'm writing to you humbly and gently as though I were speaking with the mouth of Christ. Again, I just love Paul. He may not have been sarcastic. Sometimes it's hard to understand with text, but y'all know. So, who in presence am base among you. So, when I am with you, I am lowly and meek and humble, but being absent and bold toward you. 
So this was the kind of things that people were saying. That when he's with us, he's, he's not very impressive. He doesn't speak very eloquently or with a lot of authority. But when he's away, he wants to hide behind his pen. It says, but I beseech you that I may not be bold when I am present with that confidence, wherewith I think to be bold against some which think of us as if we walked according to the flesh. He's saying, I, I'm trying to hold back a little when I'm with y'all because I have the authority according to the power of God. I have the authority to call out all your crazy. I'm just trying to hold back when we're in person so I don't seem so mean. See, I, I feel that. I feel that, Paul. Thank you. For we, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imagination and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So here Paul is saying, we are in the flesh. Yes, we are human just like you are. So I must live this life full of struggles just like you do. Yet the way we do warfare should not be after the flesh, the way that the world fights. We should have no reason to use the same type of weapons that the world uses. And, and please understand, I'm meaning in a spiritual, not a physical sense. Paul describes the weapons of spiritual warfare. They are not carnal. Here that carnal means under the control of animal appetites, depraved, unregenerate. But they are mighty through God, meaning powerful, capable, able to bear calamities and trials with fortitude and patience. He said, that's what we're working with. That's the kind of weapons that God has given us, is that we are able to bear up through calamities and difficulties. We are powerful. We're not having to follow after our base desires. We're not having to surrender to the, the things of this world. We are mighty through God. The weapons of warfare, here meaning service, career, or campaign, are not random or new. They are part of an ongoing strategy. These are not weapons that, that we're trying to choose a different weapon for each and every battle. These are old, true, steadfast, proven weapons. So what are the weapons? Well, this word is used, the word weapon here is used by Paul five different times and only one other time in 2 Corinthians. And that is 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 7. And she'll put it up, but take a look at what he says. By the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left. So these are the weapons 
that Paul is telling them to use. He, he talks about them in the same book. So these are the ones specifically that we can assume he's meaning in this particular case. We know about the whole armor of God. That's a, a whole other subject. And it, they go along. They go together. So we know that this is kind of a theme of Paul putting on these types of weapons, using the armor of God. He speaks to the Ephesians about this kind of thing. But taking a look at what these mean. The weapons mentioned here are, number one, the word of truth. The logos, the divine expression. The words that, that God spoke. The word who became flesh and dwelt among us. So one of our weapons is the word of truth. The truth of God. The power of God. This word here means the miracle working power. It's the same word that he uses with Timothy when he says that God did not give us a spirit of fear, but power and love and a sound mind. So this is miracle working power and the armor of righteousness, integrity, purity, a condition acceptable to God. He says you're going to use this armor of righteousness on the right hand, which is for offense, to fight and on the left hand which is defense to defend it's the shield and he said you need to be righteous in all things on all sides on your right hand and on your left you need to put on righteousness there are spiritual weapons for spiritual battles the pulling down of strongholds this was super interesting. If, if you've never heard of this before, I'm excited to tell you. So, history records a group of pirates in the province of Cilicia. They're known as the Cilician Pirates. You, you can look it up. It's, it's really neat. So, this province had somewhere near 200 miles of coastline, the province of Cilicia. And it was the province of Paul's hometown of Tarsus. So Paul would have been super familiar with this particular story. And they, the pirates kind of began in Cilicia within those uh, 200 miles of coastline, but they just continued to spread out from that coast all the way up through the coast toward Italy. And we talked a couple weeks ago the, the geography of that area. So it's the coastline of Turkey up to and up around Greece and then the going up toward, uh, toward Italy. So along that coastline, there were at one time 120 pirate strongholds within the cliffs. And somewhere near 10,000 pirates. When trading vessels would sail along the coast from the Middle East up to Europe... They're heading from, from their trading ports up to Europe and, and into Italy. The pirates would come down out of their strongholds onto the loaded ships. They would steal the cargo and then head right back up the cliffs. And after years of trying and failing to solve this problem, a Roman general named Pompey was commissioned. He called for ships to be built. 
And these ships were not for the purpose of carrying cargo, but they pulled right up to the coastline. And they catapulted these grappling hooks onto the cliffs. They went in, some reports say, 11 different directions. Some say 13. That all these, these hooks were thrown onto the cliffs. And the soldiers who were on those ships would pull down. And those hooks would pull the strongholds. They were able to capture the majority of those pirates by doing this the the sailors in time past had attempted to fight the pirates while they were on the ships trying to raid them the army had come to the tops of the cliffs to try to uh, to try to find the pirates and, and kind of squirrel them out of their holes but they weren't able to it was only when they pulled down the foundations of the stronghold that they were able to capture the pirates. So, as Paul speaks to the people in Corinth about this idea of pulling down strongholds, he's speaking in a spiritual sense, but they would have gotten the visual because they would have probably known the history of this as well. So, he says, you, you have to pull down the strongholds that have been built. And the weapons that we have are mighty to be able to do that. He says, we are casting down imaginations and every high thing. Casting down meaning to lower, to pull down, to demolish. Imaginations meaning reasoning. A judgment that is hostile to the faith. The high things that would exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. Lofty sounding ideas that are opposed to the truth of God and his word. Oh my, don't we hear those today? Like, oh, well, this must be the truth. No, that's going to change in a year or two. Oh, well, this must be the truth. And there's nothing new under the sun, so that, no, that's not it anymore. There is one truth. And so all these high things that, that come around every so often and attempt to exalt themselves against God, they are not true. There is only the one truth. So he says, we are to take every thought captive. Here again, we see military imagery. Paul is taking every thought, every perception, purpose, and intellect. So everything that we can reason, everything that we can imagine, everything that we can come up with, he's taking it into captivity. As a prisoner of war led away to the obedience or the submission of Christ. Because the battle is within the mind. Thoughts come that would attempt to tower over the truth of God's word. When this occurs, we have a choice. We can allow the thoughts to remain and control us, or we can bind them captive and bring them before the throne of God. I love this imagery. This is one of my mom's favorite verses is bringing every thought captive. And I just love the imagery here because I just imagine, and this, again, this is my mind, and Paul is, is going with more military imagery and taking prisoners, but 
my mind just goes to a cowboy with a lasso. And, and you know, these, these thoughts just running around, just rampant, trying to, trying to get away, trying to attack things. And that cowboy just starts with his lasso and just starts to swing it. And he grabs a hold of that stray thought and he wrangles it in and brings it in to be branded by the master. I just love that thought that we can do that. That according to God's word, we have the power and the authority to choose what thoughts stay in our mind. Sometimes we become overwhelmed with depressive thoughts and oppressive thoughts and and worries and anxieties. And before we continue, please understand, if you have clinical depression, if you have medically diagnosed anxiety, those are real, those are true. I'm, I'm not at all speaking against those things and saying, oh, well, you shouldn't, you know, you, you shouldn't take medication if you've been prescribed it. That is not at all what I'm saying, okay? So those things are real. But there are also, there are also anxieties that the enemy will bring into our minds. There are thoughts that we dwell on that get us to a point of depression. And those thoughts can be controlled. Those thoughts can be lassoed and brought before the king. He says, being ready to revenge disobedience. He says, we have at hand the willingness to rid ourselves of disobedience, bringing my thoughts, desires, my will completely into obedience to Christ. Paul is saying to the church at Corinth to do this and look at all the issues that they had. That having a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. He said, look, the reason that I'm so strong with y'all is because I'm living under the obedience of Christ and he wants me to tell y'all to straighten up. <laughs> and when you do, then you'll have that same feeling like, oh, we, we don't need to do this. We can have victory over this. And as believers, we are called to bring ourselves into obedience. Again, it is a choice that we make. Whether we realize it or not, there is war raging. To say not is not true. Sometimes we get a little nervous to talk about the spiritual realm because it makes us sound a little lulu. <laughs> Start talking about those... Um, those powers and authorities of the air, and we're like, mm, we can't see them, so how can we prove it? We, we get a little nervous to talk about that again. So the idea, though, is that there is, that there is a spiritual realm. If we believe that God is good and that Jesus was sent to die for our sins, then we must also believe that there is an enemy of our souls who is completely evil and will stop at nothing to steal and kill and destroy us. Jesus tells us this, that the reason that he's here, he just wants to steal and kill and destroy. So if things in your life are being stolen or killed or destroyed, then possibly the reason is because the enemy is attacking.
in the unseen spiritual realm we understand from God's word that there are warriors and weapons as long as we remain in Christ we will have ultimate victory over sin and pain and death there's no doubt about that you stay under Christ there when we get to heaven there is ultimate victory every tear is wiped away we have we have victory with him we will live with him forever But Satan and his minions hate us. They hate us. They no longer have the choice to serve God. They made a bad choice long ago, and they no longer have that choice. So they hate us, and they want to destroy your life. So oftentimes they'll use deceptions and bitterness and lusts of all kinds. We're not ignorant to their schemes. You, you know the kinds of things that the devil uses to attack you. Those temptations that come, and you're like, yeah, that's what we were listening to. Uh, we were watching Family Feud, and it's like, what's something that you have to, um, what's something that you have to stop yourself from doing? Like, what's a bad habit that you have to stop yourself from doing? And one of them was um, stealing. It popped up, and it said stealing. And Gracie said why do you have to stop yourself from stealing? I said, you don't stop. <laughs> I wish she was here. You don't stop yourself from stealing. She's like, no, I just don't ever get the urge to steal things. So the enemy knows how to attack us. You know, he knows not to, not to tempt her to, uh, to steal something. But there are other things that we have the temptations to do, and those are the ways that the enemy attacks. So we have a choice to live under attack or to live abundantly as Christ has promised because again we can we can live here with anxiety and we can live here with depression from the enemy and we can live here under attack and then go to heaven and be victorious but that's not what Jesus wants for us because in the same scripture where he says the the enemy has come to steal and kill and destroy. Jesus says, but I have come. That you would have life and have it abundantly. And he's not just talking about in heaven. He's talking about here. So the choice that we make to either live under that oppression, under that steal, kill, and destroy, and just, well, if I can just make it, I'll be better if I can just make it to heaven, I'll be better. Or to live abundant and victorious here on earth, we can do that. And it's the choice between using our weapons or not. So, we know that there's a war, so how do we fight? What do we do? Like, oh yeah, this sounds great, and I can get excited about this. But, but Tuesday afternoon, how am I going to fight? Well, we have some, some insights here from God's Word. The first thing we do, number one, drop the carnal weapons and pick up the mighty weapons. The situation that Paul was in was one of defense. There were people in, in and around the church who were running him down. And you'll have that. <laughs> Understand that haters are going to hate. <laughs> Not everyone will like you and or, or approve of you or what you're doing, and that's okay. That's all right. I know. I know. People pleasing, what? That's, is that a work of the enemy? I don't know. <laughs> it, 
it makes us worry more when we're concerned about people pleasing instead of God pleasing. If the carnal way of dealing with this kind of attitude, this this being on the defense, people hating on you, the the carnal way of dealing with this is to be defensive to try to defend yourself well I, I didn't mean that and I wasn't trying to be this way but you just have to understand uh, and, and I, or to slander them back Ooh. well if only you knew what they were doing they don't have any right to talk about me or to be people pleasing and say well I, I'll, I'm sorry I apologize I'll, I'll, I'll do better But the mighty through God way is to first recognize that we are not fighting a flesh and blood enemy. We are not fighting with the person. This has helped so very much in dealing with people, in dealing uh, with me and Shane, uh, that, that we are not fighting. If there, is, if there is contention, we must first ask ourselves, why is there contention here? What is the enemy trying to attack? Because we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. The enemy wants to cause division, and he will do that anywhere he can. So we have to realize that those carnal weapons, that way we've been fighting previously with anger or defensiveness or people-pleasing or whatever it may be, those are not godly weapons. Those are carnal weapons fleshly weapons the mighty weapons are the word of God so know the word because it's a powerful weapon on the mental battlefield you got to surround yourself with the word of God whether that is through reading through listening to uh, and if you've got the YouVersion Bible app you can hit play and it'll read it to you but you can surround yourself with with the word I, I have for years and years, and I don't know how long I've had those up. They're still up at, um, in my in my room at my parents' house. I I wrote on little note cards scriptures, and I taped them all around the doorpost of my bedroom, so that as I'm as I'm approaching my room, there's there are scriptures, and I'm able to be encouraged. We began to do that with with Gracie when she was younger, um, you know, with some with some worries, anxieties, with some different kinds of things, and we said, okay, well, we're gonna we're gonna find scripture. So I gave her the verses, I gave her the scriptures, and she wrote them. So there are all these Bible verses on the back of her door, because when we surround ourselves with God's word, that's a weapon. When we know what God says about us, it's a weapon. Because that can combat the enemy. When the enemy comes to tell me I'm defeated, I, no, I'm more than a conqueror. When, when the enemy comes to, to tell me that, that everyone is against me, well, well, every tongue that rises against me in judgment that I can condemn, because the Lord is going to lift up a standard against the enemy, I, I'm, I'm good. No. When the Lord tells me that, when the, when the enemy tells me that I am unloved and unwanted, I can go back to God's word and, and it says that for God so loved the world that he, he gave his only son. Like, yeah, God loves me. 
you're not enough, you're not this, you're, you're not pretty enough or smart enough or whatever it is, those, those words that the enemy would come against us with, we have to use God's word to combat that. So that's the number one weapon. The second is the power of God. This, along with love and a sound mind, again, are given to us by God to combat timidity. We are not given the spirit of fear. We're not given the spirit to be timid. This is miracle working power that is used as a weapon. That we are able to do miracles. We're told this time and time again. And if there are no miracles coming forth, then perhaps we don't really believe it. Perhaps we haven't gotten, we haven't grasped hold of the idea. And oftentimes we're reluctant because it's like, oh God, I'm going to pray. And if this doesn't work, then what? Oh, maybe I'm the only one who's ever, me and the people watching, we're the only ones who've ever felt that way. Like, oh, we're going to pray for a miracle and keep our fingers crossed. But here we are promised. In, in, Second Timothy were promised. Jesus himself promised. These works and greater you will do. We have the miracle working power within us. This is one of the weapons against the enemy. And if God didn't intend for us to use it, he would not have given it to us. It is not a weapon that's supposed to just sit and rust in our tool belt. This is a weapon that can and, and is able to be used. And the third weapon is the armor of righteousness. Your integrity is a weapon against the enemy. As defense, because it covers us, and as offense, because God's righteousness makes us walk rightly and talk rightly and think rightly. I can defend against the enemy because I'm righteous. His attacks are not going to, are not going to hit me. Like what, you know, you, you may tempt me, but I'm living righteously. You may want that root of bitterness to grow, but I'm living righteously. That can't, that can't have its way in me. The second thing to do is to destroy the foundations of the stronghold. <sighs> Try as they might when the Roman army or the sea traders tried to defeat those pirates hand to hand, they would always get away. This is because they had a place to go. If you don't hear anything else today, I want you to hear this. <laughs> the reason that they couldn't defeat the pirates is because the pirates had a place to go. It was when the soldiers began to pull down the strongholds to take apart the foundations, to destroy the hiding places that the pirates were defeated. Where does the enemy have a stronghold in your life? Now, I'm not saying that you're, that you're doing wrong or that you're sinning or that you're not a Christian and that you don't love the Lord, but there are places that the enemy can find to build a stronghold. Oftentimes, our attitudes are strongholds. 
addictions are because of strongholds. Sins can be a result of a stronghold, a deeper root of a problem. We pray the Lord will forgive us. Oh, God, I did that again. I'm so, Lord, I'm so sorry. I, I've been there, and, and I assume that you guys have too. <laughs> again, maybe it's just the people watching. But we do things, and we ask the Lord to forgive us. We experience guilt and shame, only to have the same problem creep back time after time. It's because there is a stronghold that has not been torn down. Without some self-awareness, without some examination, without us allowing the light of the Holy Spirit to shine in our lives, we will not find those places because the devil is stealthy. The enemy is, is very quick and able to find those hidden places, those places that we're afraid to go, those places that, that I just don't want to admit that, that I have those feelings, God. I don't want to admit that I that I think these ways so I'm not even going to look there and that's where a stronghold takes place because if we don't allow God to look in every single part of our hearts that darkness will just be a place for the enemy to build up so you got you to gotta break down those strongholds you got to get to where the foundation is you got to see where is this coming from Pulling down those strongholds. And then the third thing to do. Those disobedient thoughts must be wrangled. Disobedient thoughts <laughs> must be wrangled. More often than not, the spiritual war is waged within our minds. Now, there are some times that the enemy will attack from the outside. He'll attack our family. He'll attack our, us physically. He'll attack our finances, different things like that. But so often, the battle begins right here. Imaginations, our computation, our reasoning, me attempting to figure out or make sense of it. Well, God can't do it because... This situation will never get better because. Me trying to figure it out. Oh, well, God, I got this. It's okay. You don't have to worry yourself about it. I, I'll take care of this. My reasoning. Or those high things, a barrier that would try to tower above the truth of God. We have the choice, allow or arrest when thoughts arise that are questionable, train yourself. Train yourself to ask, is this God's voice or is this the enemy's voice? That is something that you can do. It takes discipline. But we are able to do that. When we allow negativity, doubt, despair, hatred, whatever it may be, to live rent-free in our minds, the enemy will then begin to build a stronghold there. He comes in through these thoughts. You are nothing. You're never going to make it. You're, you're, it's always going to be this way. Or, oh, we, we want to hold a grudge against that person. That person hurt us. They're, you know we're this way because of that person so we're, we need to hate them 
and these these roots begin to grow and the strongholds begin to take hold Paul tells the Ephesians do not give place to the devil this is the idea here he's gonna he's going to come he's going to attack but do not give him a place do not allow him to stay we must develop our mental lasso we have that ability I know in myself because I can one of my top three issues is being overly analytical I will just who I'll examine something to no end and it will it's very frustrating because if I can't make sense of something I will obsess over it I will think about it and I will stay up thinking about it and I'll wake up in the middle of the night thinking about it it's like this doesn't make sense God, I need this to make sense. <laughs> and when it doesn't make sense, then maybe I begin to add my own spin on it. And I begin to explain it away this way or that way. And maybe there's a, a sense of negativity there. And then there becomes a stronghold. When I, I begin, <laughs> we were talking about this um, just a couple of days ago you know you listen to and I'm not again I, this is the second time I've talked about country music but y'all can listen to whatever music the Lord lets you listen to but um, you know sometimes in the summertime a lot I listen to country music like yeah that's fun and um, and sometimes I listen and I begin to think about it and I begin to begin become like oh this is not good. And I feel that within myself. And I'll give you an example. It's like all these men are, are singing these songs about how great their wives are and how they're so wonderful and they're like the greatest person ever and how could I ever live without you? And when was the last time Shane ever said that to me? He must not feel that way. Oh, God. When... Okay, and see, I'm being, I'm being honest, being transparent here. It's the truth. But the thing is, I have to think, because honestly, it's, in, it's like every other, every song. It's like, you're the greatest thing I've ever known. You changed my life completely, and I love you. And then the next song will come on. There is no one like you, and you are the greatest thing I've ever known. I'm like, oh, my golly. Stupid Shade Williams. Um... But then I have to think, how often, how often is Brad Paisley sitting there in the living room with his guitar, just strumming along, singing this song to Kimberly? Probably not a lot. You know, he capitalized on that song, and he made a lot of money, and he bought her a new car, and here you go, baby. Here's a new car for you. Here's how I'm showing you my love. But when we allow, and, and that's just a silly little example, but there are times that we allow thoughts to come in. And it's like, well, maybe that is true. Maybe that is right. Maybe, maybe that, that is what the problem is. And the enemy wants to do that, and he wants to keep us from using our weapons of truth to say, really? Is that true? No. No. Well, let's just, let's just get that thought out of the way because we know that's not true. 
he, he does not want me to lasso those thoughts and bring them before the throne of God and say, God, is this what you really think? Is this what you're actually saying? He doesn't want me to go into God's word and, and try to find it out. Oh, is this, is this the truth of God's word? Or No, no, that's not. We have to use those weapons. There's a... Now, if y'all were regular listeners to Dr. Darius as I am and you'll, you'll know you might know this exercise but if you're not regular listeners then um, I'll go ahead and confess I'm, I'm using this from Dr. Darius but he did say that he got it from somebody else so it's, it's recycling if, if y'all ever want to use this if you're watching and you ever want to use this you're welcome to so I'm going to have us do a little you're sitting exercise you're not going to have to exercise I'm going to have this do a little exercise, a little mental exercise. And you have to do exactly what I say, okay? Do you, yes, you'll agree to do, if you're watching, you're going to agree to do exactly what I say, yes? Okay. So I'm going to give you a couple of instructions. And when, when I say to say something, like to actually verbally say it, you have to say it as soon as I tell you to, okay? Does that, it'll make sense when I'm, okay. So, what I'm going to ask you to do is, at a normal pace, you're going to count to 10 in your head, okay? So, when I say go, in your head, at just a regular old pace, you're going to count to 10, okay? So, all right, mentally, but be ready, because when I tell you to say something, you've got to say it as soon as I tell you to, got it? Okay, it's going to make sense in a second, maybe. All right, so, begin to count to 10 in your head. Now say the name Jesus. Jesus. Okay, let's try it one more time. Okay? So you know what we're doing. Okay, so count to ten in your head. Say Jesus. Jesus, what happened to your counting? Exactly. We can stop our thoughts. We can stop our anxious thoughts with what we verbalize. If there are thoughts going on in your mind that you just can't seem to control, just begin to say the name Jesus. Just begin to speak words of affirmation. Just begin to speak verses of Scripture. Just begin to sing praises to Him. When it becomes overwhelming, and I don't know how I'm going to stop thinking of this, I just begin to say the name Jesus. Because everything else has to stop. Everything else comes to a halt when he comes into the room. Perhaps your warfare has not been effective. So ask, you know, have you been using the correct weapons? Do you know how to use them? Did you even realize that there was a fight? This is how I fight my battles. I drop the carnal weapons and pick up the mighty weapons. I destroy the foundations of the stronghold. And disobedient thoughts must be wrangled. So today, as the music plays, and if, if you, I mean, you may have something already, but if it's something that we know, like a song that we know, because I'd like for us to to give the Lord some worship, not song, not a song that we that 
that I need to sing, but something that we know that we can worship to. Because that is one of the ways that I fight my battles, is to give worship to the Lord. It's to, it's to tear down those strongholds and to replace it with the name of Jesus. To replace those anxious thoughts with something that is positive and right. So if, if you are able to and if you're comfortable with standing, and as we pray just to begin worshiping Him, just to begin giving Him your honor. In the morning. Oh, thank you, Jesus. When I rise in the morning. You know the song, you're welcome to sing it. When I rise it just says, Give me Jesus. In the morning. When I rise. Give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. You can have. Father, we understand that you have that you have given us weapons. There is a spiritual battle raging, we understand that, but God, you have given us weapons. You have not left us alone. You have not left us powerless or defenseless against the enemy. So right now we we pick up those weapons. We lay aside those carnal things that we've been using previously. The ways that we've been trying to fix it on our own, we lay those down right now. And we pick up the Word of God. We pick up the miraculous power of God. We pick up the righteousness of that. We put on that armor. God, we just ask in Jesus' name that you would equip us even more so. That you would train our hands for war because we know that there's one going on. Father, we just ask you now that you would work in us, that we would pull down strongholds, shine the light of the Holy Spirit in our hearts right now. God, see those dark places. See those places that we haven't allowed anyone to go. God, see those places that we haven't surrendered to you. And I pray that in Jesus' name we would pull down those strongholds, that those roots would be dug up. In Jesus' name. And God, we just ask that, that you would help us to train our spiritual lasso, that we would get rid of those thoughts that would invade our mind and replace them with the name Jesus. Replace them with the thoughts of your glory. Give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. That's all I want. Give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. You can have all this world. Just give me Jesus. God, clear away the thoughts. Clear away those thoughts that have invaded. Clear away those thoughts that have come in. God, train us. Help us to learn how to compare. Is this a God thought or is this an enemy thought? And Lord, if it's a God thought that we would dwell on it, whatsoever is good and whatsoever is perfect and lovely and of good report, God, that we would dwell on those things. But if it is an enemy thought, that we would bind it up and cast it away because we have the power to and the authority to do that. God, we need you this morning. We just need you. Just give me, just Jesus. Give me Jesus. 
Just give me Jesus. God, we need you. We need you desperately, God. I pray that we would become aware, more and more aware of the devices of the enemy, the ways that he is trying to attack us, and that we would stand up against him with righteousness and truth. God, give us a hunger to know your word more and more. Give us a hunger to know what you say about us, to not just leave it to the enemy to say, to bring in lies, but God, to know what you say about us, that we are more than conquerors, that we are the head and not the tail, that we are above only and not beneath that we are the righteousness of God, that we are a chosen generation and that we are a royal priesthood. God, that we are kings and priests to God, that we are able and mighty through your power. God, we just ask you to work in us. Help us to honor you and please you in all that we say and do. God, we receive from you now. We receive from you now. Whatever you want to give, we receive from you now. We receive from you now. We receive from you now. Jesus, we receive from you now. We pray that your grace would just flow down on us. We need you, God. We need you, God. We just dwell in your presence right now. Do a work in us. Do a work in us. work in us, God. Begin to heal. Begin to mend. And God, that those thoughts of defeat that would come on Tuesday afternoon, that would come on Friday night, that wake us up in the middle of the night and say, are you sure? Are you sure that you heard from the Lord? Are you sure that you can make it? That we are able. And we know that the enemy is going to try that mess and we are able to say yes. In Jesus' name. That nothing can dwell beside him. That nothing can stay when my mind is fixed on him. That my peace comes when my mind is on him. That my strength comes when I'm in his presence. Jesus, we need you. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. We need you. We love you. We thank you, God. We thank you. We thank you for the sweetness of your presence. We thank you for doing a work. We thank you in advance for what you're going to do in us. We just trust that the sweet spirit that we have here is also with those who are watching and those who will be watching. We just ask that your, your hand be upon each and every one. We thank you. We ask. The more I seek you, God, we just ask to be in your presence at all times. The God, that you would be with us. I find thank you, Lord. The more I find.
you are still receiving, continue. The Lord is here. He is here to meet with you, to give you whatever it is. say doesn't matter until the Holy Spirit comes in, until he begins to speak. If you don't, if you don't feel him speaking to you right now, that's okay. Please just pray for those who are, who are currently receiving. Please just pray for those who are getting in touch with the Lord in a way that they need. We just trust that the, the Lord's word is going to go out. And it's going to touch us at different times. We just, we just want to give him that opportunity now. Heavenly Father, we need you.
grateful that you met with us today. We cannot be more grateful, God. We're so grateful. Doing us what you will, Lord. Doing us what you will. that what we have received from you, that you put your seal over it, that it would not leave us, that it would remain within our hearts. Father, we just pray that you would work in us when the enemy comes to fight day after day after day, that we would retain what we have received today, what we have received through your word and through communing with you. And we ask, <laughs> we say over your people, may Yahweh bless you and keep you. Make his face to shine upon you. May he be gracious to you. And may he give you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen.
Yeah, you're good like that.